Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week... It's an audience choice film. We are looking at a film that you have chosen. The theme for this month, this month being August, August being last month, sorry for the delay, (laughs) is sports films. And the sport film in question that you, our dear audience, has selected to watch is 2018's The Merger. The Merger is an Australian film, so we're very excited to have two Australians here who are dinky die and sports mad to review this particular film. Uh, the first of which is Simon Haynes. Hello, everyone. Uh, how, how the bloody hell are you, Simon? He- hello, fellow Australian Stephen. Yes. Um, Simon, uh, just for the folks at home, who are you and what do you do? I am a cosplayer and prop builder and a maker of YouTube videos that nobody watches. And do you, do you actually have a favourite sport? <laughs> because I just kind of assumed a sporting identity on you. Well, I, I'm wearing my Top Gear sporting memorabilia, as in a Doctor Who shirt. Mm. I really know. I'm. You, you picked a good one for the no viewer seat, is because I, I'm not into the sports ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've not seen this movie. I know nothing about it. I've kept it that way. Mm. So, do you know the sport in question that is the feature of this film? I'm guessing Aussie rules. You would be correct. Ding, 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 ding. So, because uh, I, don't, I don't really see an Australian movie about rugby as being quite as big a thing. Aussie rules football. Uh, because obviously we have a, a fair contingent of international listeners. Uh, that's the one where they get really violent with each other. Um, do, so you have got very little exposure to the sport in general. I, I think I've tried to watch a game once. Mm. I've probably played it twice in my lifetime mm-hmm. and balls it up both times i've that's a good thing though yeah yeah the ball, yeah, the ball yeah. up is very important I, I, okay this this is just going to rile everyone up mm. i actually threw the ball like it was a gridiron toss because i had no idea how to use that ball i'm pretty sure that's so, against the rules yeah and everyone's like how why the hell are you i'm going i've never played this before yeah it's shaped like that ball you know, why, why, why would you like, give it to me it's like that auto assumption that you reach a certain age in australia you should you have automatically downloaded the rules to aussie see i still call it aussie rules football because i still think of football as football not mm. soccer mm. so i have no idea of any of this so That's I'm, I'm gonna get an education that is entirely fair. Well, helping educate you and our uh, international listeners and non-merger watchers is our guest who has seen the film. It's Tegan Mulvaney. Hi. Die-hard West Coast Eagles fan. Yes. Uh, we're in finals mode at the moment, but this episode doesn't come out for another 10 days. So do you think the Eagles will still be in the finals oh, look, when this is released? You saw me at the last grand final. I did. I... I, I'm actually at peace with whatever happens because I don't know if I can go through it again after mm. that. 
last. I, I'm guessing the West Coast Kegels is a WI one. Yes. Yes. Hence the West Coast. Although ah. that's not always evident. Um, no. Yes. Uh, yeah. The Eagles uh, currently currently still in the competition. They are. They playing... are. They're in the quarterfinals now. Yes. Uh, playing Geelong. Although, dear listener, by the time you've heard this, they will have, I presume, thoroughly kicked Geelong's butt. Yeah. You have seen the merger. Yes. And I think it's fair to say that you might have seen the merger for slightly different reasons than maybe everyone else in the world. Quite possibly, yes. yes. Uh, what is that reason, pray tell? Uh, my sister's in the merger. Yes, your sister yes. is, uh, as far as I understand it, the lead actress in this film. She oh. is. She yes. is the lead actress in this film. Yes. yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tegan is related to the Australian actress Kate Mulvaney yes. uh, by way of sharing parents yes we have the same mum and the same dad yes yeah. um, i think the mulvaney is a bit of a giveaway <laughs> oh yeah i thought it was a really common name yeah. here like smith or oh, i don't these bloody aussies or meow or meow or meow shut up yes. maurice hi maurice <laughs> it's one re- it's obviously the main reason i like mm. the merger but um damien callanan who's the guy that uh made the whole thing mm. uh, and wrote it and uh produced it he um He's a friend as well. Mm. Um, I've had the pleasure of performing with him in a co- in one of his comedy shows right. at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Um, football. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you you are one of the biggest AFL fans I know. Yes. Um, hence uh, the grand final incident of last year. Where yes, hence the uh, I watch very aggressively every mm. Eagles game. Yeah. So I. I'm very cautious as to who I let watch me watch games, mm. but you were allowed to see yes, that. Yes, I was, I was allowed in to see uh, Tegan's true form, and it was horrifying. <laughs> um, so so what can people who have not seen The Merger expect from, from this film? They can expect um, a lovely a Australian film, a warm film, a film that uh, is designed to be incredibly funny, but it actually has quite a um important message at its core mm. i don't want to say any more than that because i think that's the most important surprise uh to the film all right well uh with all that being said shall we watch the merger sure sure and for those of you listening at home pop in your dvds and prepare to run through a 50 foot banner made of tissue paper as we watch <laughs> the merger Hey, Cinema Catch-Up Club fans, are you, by any chance, a fan of the world game, of football, of soccer? Well, we have a podcast just for you. That's right, Thoughtchart Productions is bringing out its very own football podcast, and it's called The Funny Old Game. Join me and my two special guests, Ryan Fitzgerald and Tommy Dolman, each and every week as we discuss everything that's happening in the world of football. For more information, visit thoughtjarproductions.com or visit our Facebook pages. You can search for The Funny Old Game or Thoughtjar Productions and follow the links there. And now, back to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. And welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching The Merger. And by we, I, of course, mean Simon Haynes. Hello. And Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. Simon, that was your first time watching The Merger. What uh, did you think? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find... 
I think the only parts where I weren't laughing, I was almost crying. That was brilliant. Yeah, um, I, I hadn't watched this film before, um, partly because it was an Australian film released <laughs> in the last year. And yeah. that, that just happens, unfortunately, with Australian cinema. That was a really good sports film. Like, in terms of like just looking at the classic structure and overview of your great sports films, the so things like, you know, Mighty Ducks and things like that, it, it, that kind of set the formula. Um, that adhered to it, but in such an interesting and entertaining way. Yeah, it's... Uh, I was thinking about this before. I'm, again, I'm not a sports guy. I'm definitely not an AFL guy. I've watched sports films, and they've always tend to be comedy. Um, I think my pick for... that I elected for this one was The Replacements. Mm. And I'm not a big Gridiron fan either, but uh, I just kind of, I've always preferred that over AFL, to be brutally honest. Mm. But I enjoyed that as its own movie. And it's also got a bit of comedy. I think the best, um, in my experience, the best sports films have always been kind of comedies. Mm. Speaking as as someone who was an outsider to Australia, coming over here and seeing that kind of stuff. England does have its own sports culture. Mm. Particularly around, well, someone who's got a podcast, you know about you know actual football mm-hmm. and the hysteria in England. Come here and AFL is almost, it's like next level thing. Mm. And it's like it's always seen as something that's like never to be taken to be, to be taken seriously. You never, it's never to be taken fun of. Mm. And to see this move where it's so much fun, and there's like so much love and joy about that. Mm. That is awesome. Yeah, it's it is a really lovely uh, representation, I guess, of mm. of one uh, contemporary Australia, small town Australia, mm. and to I mean, I, I think all good sports films, the sports not necessarily the important thing yeah. because that's not the point of a film the film is there to tell a story but to use the sport as an effective framing mechanism for the story i think is important and this one is pretty fabulous um tegan this was your first time watching it since um i presume the premiere or around that time <laughs> yeah close to that time yeah yes. um how, how was it watching i guess a year on it's still such good fun it's exactly what you were saying like it's it uses the sport that Australia loves to talk about something bigger mm. and it and it does it in such an inviting way that mm. a mass audience, whatever views they have, personal views they have on refugees or asylum seekers, those sort of things, they they can't not watch and enjoy the film and I, I love the social commentary in this yeah. film, mm. particularly yeah. about that, the refu- and I, I, I know they're not gonna listen to this but you listen to older generational people and when they talk about refugees and then they're coming here and stealing our jobs and rah, 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 rah. And I sometimes hear that a bit at home, mm. even though I am technically an immigrant. Mm. I am an Australian citizen. I've been for almost 20 years now. Mm. But it's always fun to feel... I always find it a bit hypocritical when I hear, you know, like, even my parents talking about these kind of things and you get people saying, you know, we're not the... We're not native to this country. Yeah. Uh, Yes, Pauline, we're not native to Australia. <laughs> mm. And you hear the kind of nasty narrative of our refugees. And I love, I love the multiculturalism of this movie. Yeah. Mm. I like the way they portray those people as well. Like the mm. character of John Howard is not Prime Minister John Howard. John Howard, yeah, the, the good actor, John Howard, even though he's played a bastard. Yeah. He. There's that conversation he has in the car with his grandson. His grandson's oh. like, why do you hate ref- refugees? And he's like, well, I don't hate them, but it, it's mm. it's done with such... He plays that so well because there's, 
there's that belligerence in it, but no real hatred. It's just someone who is lost and yeah. hurting and angry and because it's his grandson asking him those questions, mm. the answers are so earnest and mm. you go... That moment where he's at the post box... Yes. ...is... That is one of the strongest emotional beats of that character where he's just like, uh, I could... You know, they know... That's the other thing. Mm. Uh, I've talked about this in a couple of my YouTube videos, isn't it? The idea of the other. Mm. And this movie, what I love about it is it takes that you know, concept of these refugees, the other... Mm. They don't, they don't, they are gradually folded into the narrative and they're given a voice mm. and they're not, and you see these other, these people who have kind of othered them and how mm. they, for lack of a better term, warm up to them. Mm. If I want to be ultra cynical, I'd say, yeah, it's kind of when they start becoming winners. But I love but that. Arguably, they start winning because the connections are there. Yes, that's the yes. thing. It's, it's, but that's the internal connection with these characters, which is gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, the I, I was really surprised with how upfront the discussion of um, the the issues around um, refugees in Australia was discussed in this film, even though it's a film called The Merger, and it's about look, you've got a you've got a bring in these these outside elements um to to keep this club alive yeah and it was very on the on the it was very on the nose but to be honest i felt that was kind of the best way to do it yeah and i i think it was deliberately done that way i mean this was originally a play a a, a, com- a comedy piece mm. as well that was performed in theaters so you know to translate that to film to go from a monologue into having to show it, yeah. I think you really just have to do it as, as upfront and as, you so, know, as... So this started off as a monologue? Yeah, this is... I, what I love about this is it's such a good character piece. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, so Damien, shut up, Maurice. Um, yeah, Damien, it was a, a comedy show that he took all over Australia. That's amazing. That's, it's, a, that's a great adaptation. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, it I, What it did as well, I think, like... For all those actors playing the refugees, I think Faisal, who plays Saeed, mm. I I think he's it was... In, he's brilliant. He's mm. a brilliant actor. He's performing... Because we've got a lot of um, colourblind casting happening now in the industry, which mm. is fantastic. So he is getting better roles. But at the time of this film, it's only a year ago, mm. but when this, that this film came out, but it was made in 2017, I think. Right. We didn't... It's very new that we have just casting for skill instead of casting for colour. Mm. And he was so happy to be playing a role that didn't... He wasn't having to play a terrorist or a mm. bad guy mm. or a, because that's all the roles people who looked like him were getting. And well, same well, with the other that's characters. That's happening in England as well, where um, what a lot of like um, uh, ethnic... I'm going to say ethnic coloured you know people people aren't just white in england mm. the amount of shows in england it's all like you know, like manor boy and on like downtown abbey only so it's like a lot of white cast so a lot of these characters like um oh uh the guy who played um bodhi from uh rogue one oh, i can see his face i can't think of his name oh bodhi oh bodhi rock um yeah i know i know the actor yeah um, he's had he's getting more work in america because they're screaming for that, then he can yeah. get in England. And yeah. I love the idea that we can do this now. Yeah. And I just had an absolute dumbass eureka moment as you were talking. Because I'm there going, for what? 
this movie is called The Merger, and that main plot point in the beginning is about the merger. Mm. It's like, well, the merger really didn't make nothing of it, but no, the actual team yeah. is a merger. That's right. I can't believe, because yeah. I was so engrossed in this movie, I can't believe my brain just like, where was the merger? <laughs> oh. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, it was, I, I thought it was a really lovely um, story, a really well-told story, mm. away from any sort of contemporary um, politics. This is a story that would have worked in any sort of setting with, you know, this could have worked in, let's say, England in the 1970s mm. with a local football team in the northeast with a bunch of, you know, people going, oh, you got bar gum, there's all these people from Pakistan coming over yeah. and all that. Um, it would have worked there. It could have worked in like a rural American setting where they're playing gridiron. It, you know, mm. it, it, yeah. anywhere you have somewhere where people are going because of, uh, I guess, the town status as a, a refugee um center um it it worked really well one of the things that i think really helps the merger on top of that uh, sort of universality is this is a very very australian film isn't it mm. it's yeah. so australian it's it, beautiful even the mm. stupid jokes the the porterhouse well done, done. like <laughs> the that pays off at the end as well in the most brilliant way possible and yeah. even like all those little setups and their training i was like because i got to the final match i'm like we didn't see them. And I'm going, and I think I even said, I'm like, oh, good, we're finally getting to see them, those, those moments. <laughs> yes. Where they'd like to get the, 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 the goat. The goat. Yeah. Oh. yeah, the goat maneuver. It was, it, so it, is, it is a very, for anyone who is listening outside of, of Australia or has not got a huge amount of experience of, of what this country is like or what the people are like, this isn't a bad representation, mm, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you've got, the, the way uh, the character of Troy is portrayed mm. is like so many Australian men of that age mm. that I know that kind of like um just sort of very laid back but um cut into the heart of the matter when they discuss things uh manner of speaking um very similar similarly with um the character of Angie played by Kate Mulvaney and um <laughs> and Angie's mum in particular yeah um yeah, Penny, Cook, oh. Penny Cook who sadly is no longer yeah. with us um yeah. they they were just so they fit so well into so many archetypes of people that mm. you encounter in this yeah. country and similarly i would say that yeah the the refugee characters are very much like people that we've encountered here i thought it was just a really just a really good fun representation that also there weren't that there were no no holds barred, no no punches no. pulled. The film starts with a ten year old calling uh, Troy a dickhead, dickhead to camera. <laughs> I wonder how if good is that kid? kid? Is so good, and I wonder if they get away with that because it's a lot of it's through the eyes of a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get that naivety and that innocence of seeing just flat out racism, mm-hmm. but then also you kind of love the characters in you know mm-hmm. even when they're shits, like even when they're. Hard, well, they hardcore. all they all start out very tropey. Yes, and then, well, again, I love the character evolution, the character progression. In this movie, um, visually, Neil, the boy, um, the moment where he, you know, they go and play canola cricket, and that's like the first time in this movie we've seen him without Half. the. I noticed that as well. And yeah. then the cape. I was mm. like, oh my. It's beautiful. The call out with the cape. It never yeah. gets it never gets brought up again, which is a bit of a shame. I wish he was kind of wearing that cape at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um But it, it it said everything that needed to be said in that scene. Visually it was such a great progression while yeah. you're seeing that character's progression and how he opens up uh along as this kid who's kind of 
Hmm. You know, his his relationship is you know strained with his, you know strained with his mother. He has he's only opening up with this camera. Mm. Oh man, the metaphor in this movie is gorgeous. Yeah. And, and, and as you say, you know, he's in that chicken soup for ages, takes it down a bit. But in a sense that when they're doing the canola mm. bowling, where it makes sense naturally for for him to, oh, it's yeah. a bit hot, and they're moving around, mm. and then that gets removed over the course. And then of you it. find out that's the first time he's been there in a year since his father died. Yeah, mm. and it's like, oh my god, that's so good. And it's a really, again, it's a really good, um, I, I suppose, examination of grief as well yeah um which you know we see from a lot of different aspects obviously from from the kid neil who's going through you know very much a child's approach to losing a parent um balls break down yeah yeah to to um and also angie as well um Mm. the the way that she's at a very different position in her in, in terms of having not so much moved on but i'm trying to think the right terminology she's she's at a place where she's ready to keep living yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you see that Fran is there as well, despite the fact that she's struggling, and it, that's just not happened it, for. It's Bull. almost like at the beginning of the movie, the um the town, her family, are almost kind of keeping her back. You know, she's mm. trying to outreach the refugees. No one wants to support her, mm. and it's almost that thing of she's. One thing I love about Angie's character, she's not a prop. She has as much agency as any of the male characters, and if anything, she propels so much of this forward, mm. just on a pure like, no, we're getting this done. You boys, get up your asses and get this done. Yeah, <laughs> I it, love that. It is. Um, now, obviously, we do have to address the fact that Angie is played by Kate Mulvaney. Yes, um, really. <laughs> yes, who who is Tegan's sister? So, Simon, what did you think of Kate's <laughs> acting? <laughs> Just get her on the phone. So, um. <laughs> see, here's the thing. I was there going, do I want to go for nepotism or do I really want to say... No, I, I liked it. I, well, so I'll say it again again uh, without knocking the microphone. I actually really enjoyed the performance. I had liked... Uh, it sounds really unfair, but I actually liked all the performances in this. Mm. No, there was a, That was a solid cast. Yeah, yeah. There, there was nobody and, out of place. Even even having Aaron Gox in there where you're like, normally you'd look at him and go, how's he going to fit into this film? Uh, but as one? Porterhouse... Where, how, where's, Ocean, uh, where's Ocean Girl in yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> He's, See, this is where I... I, I Everyone needs sh- to watch, uh, needs to uh, Google Aaron Gox, Ocean Girl yeah, after this. Please this, do. This is where my ignorance of like a lot of Australian media kind of comes into play. Um, <laughs> I, I think, which is good because I had no, I had no preconception. This is one of the reasons I wanted to come into this movie dead fresh. Mm. I didn't want any preconceptions. I didn't want anything to come in. I... As someone who loves media and loves, I love superhero movies and stuff like that. Uh, probably everything I mostly talk about is superhero stuff. Mm. I've stopped watching trailers a long time ago unless I can absolutely avoid it. Like if I go to the cinemas and there's a freaking trailer, it's like, oh great. Because I hate movies being spoiled to me before I see. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. The categories of me. I hate it when <laughs> movies get spoiled because some idiot puts their ideas into your away. head it's like oh that movie's terrible this and this and this and it's like oh great now i can't watch this movie without yeah. thinking of that i wanted the f- pure cinema catch-up club experience mm. <laughs> that's a very good way of not answering the question how good was kate mulvaney's acting kate mulvaney's <laughs> acting was spot on just like everyone else and yeah. i'm not it was, i'm not being disingenuous they yeah. were all really damn good everyone was very well cast in this film mm. um so yeah you can send kate a text and let us know that well, to- we, we, we she's it was in okay. New- oh no she'll be awake she's in I... New York so she's awake excellent yeah just send her a message saying merger still holds up <laughs> tick 
So sometimes it's really, when you think about acting in a movie, you know, sometimes the only way you can really think about it, if, like if they've done such a bad job, you go, this person could probably done a better job. I can't see that in any of this. Yeah. Mm. I, everyone was so good. Yeah, they Man. did a beautiful job. Now, it would be remiss of me, again, having someone who is uh, connected to the film so closely to not ask questions that I'm sure the listener might be wanting to know. Sure. What is it like seeing your sister acting in a big proper film like a big proper film actor person? I'm used to it now mm. a bit because she's been in a fair bit. Yeah. I think next year it'll get weird because she's in a big Amazon Prime show coming oh, wow. out next year. She's going to be in The Hunt with Al Pacino. Mm. And oh, Is the show The Hunt or is it The Hunt with Al Pacino? The like, <laughs> is Al Pacino a character? It's The Hunt. But I like to throw in there that it's with Al Pacino because it's so cool. Surely it should be the hunt with Kate Mulvaney, though. It might be after next year. Mm. I don't know. There's going to be, like, um, action figures and stuff. So it's Ooh. it's pretty... So, like, then it's... I think then it's going to be weird. Like, I'm not sure I really want an Al Pacino action figure. I do. Yeah. We'll get I, do. I actually think there might be a taxi driver action figure out there. I think there is, yeah. yeah. I want a little... It must be a Scarface you one. squeeze too. his legs and he goes, hoo <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, it's just... it's. It, I mean, it's really interesting, I guess, from that perspective. It's not an experience many people have of mm. having someone that they know so well or are so connected to who is a, 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 an entertainment figure, um, is, mm. is someone who is, you know, well-known to people round about the place. Certainly, you know, amongst um, the Australian acting cohort, you, you know, people know... Uh, Kate Mulvaney um, I know people who've been on this podcast who have written um, assignments at university about her Richard III for example <laughs> yes. so so you know it, it, I suppose having a notable name like that and a personal connection it's it's it I, I, it must it must be strange but at the same time it's got to be a bit fun that's oh, cool yeah it's so cool I find it interesting when I see her either on stage or in shows and I can forget that she's my sister mm. um in, a, in this film, there's a lot of her mannerisms in it, like, mm. and her, because it's a funny character. It That's is. the thing with Damien. He's written everyone a funny character as well. He mm. hasn't kept all the comedy for himself. And that's what makes it such a great film too, mm. I think, is mm. that is all shared around. Oh, everyone definitely gets their moment. Everyone yes. gets something. It's beautiful. Even even just those little tiny moments on the field yes. and those club moments. Oh, so even the right. long shots with the hippie who's like yes! the hippies, yeah. you know. Do, that like, was so Doing funny. the half-time treatment with oh the smoke. God, oh, my God. So funny. It, it, is, it is a very well-considered thing. I mean, the mime football sequence in training when that carpet burns brilliant. just boots it and and they all look out to see where it's gone <laughs> and then and it's, snapper goes and, it, it. and it holds there for like a good 10 or so seconds and you're just yeah. there going why haven't they oh god yeah. they, oh my god they're still looking yeah. oh no they're yeah. still looking yeah. that's it so gox good. does a little like shading his eyes just yeah, to, yeah. it's yeah. probably a credit to the director as well like mm. the director and damien just giving them everyone their moment so set, mm. i get like you can see Kate's sense of humor and timing come through, which I lo- it's really lovely to be mm. able to see that, particularly from a female lead as well. Like, yeah. how often do those romantic lead characters get written mm. to be just catalysts for the story, I, as yeah. opposed to having wish something? They, they hadn't got romantic, had a romantic relationship. I know it's kind of it's a cliche thing in all mm. these but I I'm one of those persons that kind of this I, I, as we was watching. Okay, I, I don't know if we want to spoil this, but the team wins. Mm. Because it's a trope, the team. Totally. Yeah. Part, to of me, part of me said at the end, I almost wish they didn't. Yeah. And 
as in, I think that would have been a bit more powerful. Well, I think it would be a but different I, I, film. It would have been would, a different film. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is that thing of, because they'd won, it's that idea of they've already yeah. won, do they need to win the game? Yeah. But I think for this to satiate that kind it, of rom-com... It's, it's meant- almost a bit too American, like uh, Major League was that trope, yeah. like the worst team in the league, and at the end of the season, they've beaten the finals. Yeah. And it was like, I kind of like it when like, the battlers are still battling. That So I get, that's probably where I'm coming at. But yeah. It's, I think it's more satisfying that they won. Definitely. Or, and then how they won in particular yes. is more satisfying than if it was just, you know... The big, the Moses big, line, Moses, and yeah. then like to go full and to call it going that full refugee. So you just go, good. That's yeah. That's where the wins are. Pa- the payoff is yeah, in yeah. the win because of the. You're right because yeah, of yeah. the setup. And yeah. you wanted them to succeed. Yeah. And you wanted like that little vignette at the end where they explain you know that, things like it is the first uh, Say Said was the first person to yeah. win uh, best and fairest and his, visa. and his visa. Now we're going to get into the meta narrative. How much of that was true and how much was. Um, Neil just completely, you know, mm. upping that up. <laughs> oh, possibly because we got there is um, there is in the narrative that the um, the cleaning solution based oh, clean on the noir wine. <laughs> and alpaca spit. Yeah, uh, that that was a that was a nice payoff. It was just the fact of yeah, it got that got a little bit, and I think that could be. I think that's also the director probably having a nudge and a wink, like, you know, oh, yeah, they've gone on to do all these big things. But if you look at it, it's mm. very, like, American, yeah. you know, stars and spangles. Even the color scheme is very American, gridiron football, like, mm. massive thing. Mm. So, but watching it... I, I'm I, taking that with a grain of salt. But watching it, I wanted to know. Yeah. I wanted to know. Mm. Like, I was really yeah. happy to find out that, I, like... I almost wish you could see more of that team. Yeah. You know, if... Here's a, probably a free plug. Maybe you could turn this into an Amazon series. Um, no, but you almost, you almost want Without more. Pacino. Yeah, without Pacino. <laughs> I'm as, a new coach coming into town. As town. Budgie Al- Creek. No, no, here we go. Here we go. Al Pacino, town killer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, to be honest, it was a really, it was a really well told, well rounded story. Very funny. I don't think I've laughed at a film for as much as this one for quite a while. Mm. It's. Um, I mean, I know last week was the Shawshank Redemption. That's not much of a laugh. <laughs> Barrel but, of laughs. Yeah, um, oh, that's hilarious. But but yeah, this was a very. It was just a very heartwarming film. It was very, um, just very well told and. Again, really strong moments. Uh, talking about very specific issues. Um, and I think absolutely presenting one sort of overall viewpoint of refugees, they're just like us, uh, to to the sort of um, uh, white, uh, sort of dominant white but audience that we watching But also pinpointing this. why they're refugees yeah. and, mm. like, again, doing it with humour, but also just there's just little moments in there where, you know, one of them has a bullet wound mm. and they 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 ask about it. And oh, did that hurt? I almost died. <laughs> yes. Well, that was a shitty <laughs> question, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and the I think Saeed's whole story about mm. being told he's not a real refugee. Mm. Um, how that that's the story that we're told as a public by the media that the people coming here are not real refugees. The media and certain politicians, uh, or and most politicians, including a John Howard with his children overboard, but not the John yeah. Howard in this That's one. It. Yeah, but so, so they use the story that we've been mm. told for the last twenty years mm. to disprove. It. It's like that's why they people don't leave their countries unless they need to. You yeah, know? I mean, and, and, and like uh, as 
much like Simon, I, I am uh, an immigrant who moved here. Uh, but there wasn't a uh, mass military uprising in the Isle of Man when I left. It was. And it wasn't it, chemical warfare. No, it was. It was because my mum and dad came to Australia a few years earlier on holiday and went. This seems like a really nice place to live. Oh, we have the capacity to do so, and also it helps that you know we're white and we have skills which are deemed as useful to yeah to this country. Um, and so the new argument yeah, I heard I, is, well, why are they all men? And I'm like. I think because my... <laughs> that was my. I heard that recently from yeah. someone. Why are they all men? And I said, I was like, well, you have you been they... standing there counting them as they come yeah, in? That's it. And I'm like, well, you've got, they've got to send one person to settle to mm. that. You've got to, you're gonna bring. Well, you've got six. Like, what are you gonna? What do you do? It's like it, it, the argument is so futile. That, that mm. does also come back. Go back to like you know. Um, early times when they would get bringing foreign workers like in the 50s and that like a post-war and it was always it was always this male it was a husband they'd come over get a job get enough money bring bring the wife and kids over that's mm. like well, that that's is it. that is an australian immigrant story from the last that's century it. and also the males are you, in the most danger because they're the ones that are being trying to you know the the rebels and the terrorists are trying to get them in mm. So they have to get away so they don't get killed. It's better. Like, it's, a, it's such a crazy story. And they, like, I think that's important to, sh- they say it in the, um, in the credits, but the, all the music is done by refugees. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, and half of the musicians are still, still on Nauru. Mm. They can't get off Nauru. So they yeah. got all the music, all that beautiful music is mm. done by refugees who are, well, now stranded, now that they have nothing around them mm. there. Like, it's we, it's just horrific. It's horrific. Mm. Yeah. Just thinking about, as I was just saying about this being a story from last century, uh, from a production standpoint, apart from, like, maybe the odd shot of, like, a mobile phone and some of the, like, newer vehicles that you see on the road, mm. This movie does have a bit of a timeless quality to it. Like that that kind of atypical country thing, like uh, Bull's car is an older car, you know. Yeah. There's mm. not much newer technology. All the scoreboards are pretty much like a hand-cranked yeah. thing. And, well, I mean, it, it's, it's, and it's a town which at the beginning of the film is very much trapped in both <laughs> an identity of what it used to be yeah. and nothing has moved on, partly because the timber mill shut down. They're all blaming the town killer, Troy, yeah. for that. Um, and you've also got the fact that a lot of the characters who experience great personal growth in this film are in this environment that feels mm. as though it's holding them back. Even Carpet Burns, who mm. is just like a young dick. I mean, you can tell by the car he drives. He's just a young kind of like doesn't understand that. Oh, no, no, mate, it's just a joke. I got him a f- off with full T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't understand how that's can be quite hurtful. But even though we don't see like a full progression from him to the other side he's cheering them on in the pub when he's sort of drowning his sorrows yeah. when he's mm. listening in you know he's there going like come on saeed and all that mm. kind of stuff everyone needs a vindication in this film it's not a yeah. film where you need an, an you know a, a protagonist to get their comeuppance he gets his comeuppance mm. and then he starts to understand it you yeah, don't need if it'd someone been another to film you'd not seen all those shots in the pub he would probably just disappeared yeah and, or he would have somehow been playing for the cougars in the final that's it yeah, or that's he would American. have been you know he would have tripped Saeed up and hurt his yeah. ankle or something, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's such a it's such a beautiful I love that film. shot in the pub where he's like, you know, he's cheering on his mates and all that. That was... <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing as well, is I, I really like the fact that what they don't do is um, 
vilify those characters who are expressing the uh, mm. antagonistic sentiment towards those refugees. They, particularly through the character of Bull, what they're showing is that this is someone who is has concerns and is hurt for mm. many different reasons, and sort of shows that um, when confronted with with the fact that in this case these you know these refugees are are per- uh, normal people like everyone else in his town, he has to then confront the fact that the reason he's hurting the reason that things are bad for him isn't because some bloody refugees turned up and ruined everything and you know they don't have the fish and chip shop anymore it's because he's hurting because he's his son died in an accident and now things are changing again and he's clearly someone that doesn't like change um Mm. and he's struggling to to grapple with that and i really like the fact that as he learns to I guess accommodate this change and learn that he himself has to change. The film ends in his thing where he's embraced this this dancing that's been brought in by um, one of the refugees, and he's there in all the gear and mm. you know with his wife that you know they've both started doing this thing and actually living his life. Yeah, and it's just it's just so beautifully told. That I... scene in the kitchen when oh. they have that blow up is yeah. gut wrenching so and beautiful I, I keep saying beautiful i'm gonna this is the new drinking game for this whenever i say beautiful have a shot because you'll yeah. be drunk by the end of it it's so good it is but it is a beautiful film like mm. it, it is it is just so lovely that um, explanation at the end when they you know when they start um talking to the other team to find out stuff about them yeah. but there's the thing that troy that. what troy says before that he says you've You've learnt so much about people who come from thousands of kilometres away from you and these people live 30Ks that way. Mm. Is such a good analogy for the closed-mindedness of racism and prejudice and fear Mm. where them talking to each other and getting to know each other let them embrace each other as a team. So in order... So in doing in doing that for with the other team, it, it displaced them. But then the other team got really good, as you know, like the idea of that that yeah. helped the other team. As yeah. well. it the was, back and forth was amazing. It was it was it's really clever. It's so yeah, it's so clever at at exposing what makes people have these hor- horrendous beliefs mm. and 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 the fear that kind of drives them yeah and to be honest this may be my favorite sporting tactic in a film ever in terms <laughs> of it embraces it embraces what the film is about yes but also makes sense within the the plot because of the film. they genuinely connected with the other team that's what they're not they became it with the yeah. tactic then turned into no they're gonna yeah. oh come on boss i'm this close to getting him to yeah, contact his biological father it's gonna give me a reference for medicine and Frontiers. Yeah, you notice they only do that at the end, like because also like the other the other matches are like vignettes, yeah, which is kind of cool because at least it just propels the story on. But yeah, this is the time we actually see them, how they play with other people, and that was. Oh, I mean, it, it very much yeah, ties into so the fact that by the time they're at the final and they they've got their pre-match team talk and they are saying everything about each other, so it's like. You know what? What does so and so call his genitals? It's, uh, oh, is a uh, gentleman's downstairs? <laughs> the gentleman below. The gentleman, the gentleman below. below. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but so, also, they were they're bits of information about them that are away from the refugee stories. Yes. So they're not. I love that bit as well because the, the gentleman below, the you know, like where he's from, all of that beautiful info is not has. You know what's um. What's two's biggest fear? And it's... Mm. Um, balloons popping. Balloon, like, they're all... Mm. 
They're, they're all totally different. By the time they've made the grand final, they've already won. Yeah. So now it's about spreading that winning out to the other team and embracing them. And I just think it's it's really lovely and it's really nice, as well as being very funny and, you know, we're laughing at it. it, it it's a really nice positive message. And I think that's, that's very important. And they use, uh, in the grand final, there's, there's some uh, subtle things to do with football that are really important like i think the banner is important because the banner is usually like we're gonna kill you we're gonna you know and, yeah. then, and it's all about you know it's a, it's about well it's about welcoming um you know what just achieve against the the cougars with our new with yeah. our new members we're achieve, it was something along the lines of yeah. achieve with refugees or yeah. whatever, whatever the rhyme was and then um the black armbands, I thought that was really poignant. Yeah. Is because they don't mention it. But they no, all just, just walk on, walk out with black armbands for Saeed's brother. Yeah. Um, and they're things for football fans that you go and the song, like we all joked about it, but the song is, um, the Richmond Tigers song and the Collingwood song. Bit that, of Collingwood, that, but that it's sort of main. Tune. Yeah, it's main. No, Collingwood's good old Collingwood mm-hmm. forever. Da, da, da. But Richmond, that's the Richmond Tigers song because I think. Because Damien's a massive Tigers fan, so, right. um, so things like that—they're in there for the football fans, mm. and I think that ties into the poignancy of I, it. Like, I love that they go, "We've lost," we and no one knows the song, so they go, "Well, we just sing a different song yep. when we lose, and then we sing the song when we win, and then Saeed having the Arabic version, and that becomes mm. part of that." Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a it's a really beautiful film, and it's Drink. funny. Um, it it's poignant and it's funny, and it does both equally well and fantastically. Would you guys like some trivia about the merger? Yes, please. Definitely. Well, I feel like Tegan's probably going to be able to provide more because IMDb has precisely four pieces of <laughs> trivia about this film. And not all of them are interesting enough to be included in this uh, podcast, sadly. And I've not seen this before, so I can't have my big brain of Spinal Tap quotes. This is the second theatrical feature of the director, Mark Grentel, uh, to be set in Wagga Wagga after his... Wagga Wagga. Sorry. Wagga Wagga. It, that sounds like... It sounds like Fozzie Bear's talking about it. <laughs> Wagga Wagga sounds more like Fozzie Bear than Wagga Wagga. Allow me to, uh, as an immigrant, assimilate somewhat into this culture. The second theatrical feature of the director, Mark Grentel, to be set in Wagga Wagga. Good boy. Thank you. Um, the first being Backyard Ashes, yeah. uh, which was back in 2013. The Australian country town is known as just Wagga oh, I think to I the heard locals. I that film. I never watched it because it's, well, it's Australian, but that sounded interesting. It's, uh, it's like, I like, hope Damien's not watching, listening to this. Is that the one where it's like, good. <laughs> is, is, but is that the one where it's like, it's like a backyard critic and it becomes like bigger and bigger and bigger? Yeah, it's so it's um, the trailer an, English, really good. an English family moving next to an Australian family mm. and then they don't like the Australian family because they think they're too bogan <laughs> and then something happens to the fence and then they start, the, the fence comes down so then it becomes the backyard ashes, England versus Australia. And they're calling yeah. it Wagga Wagga and, and it's, it's very confusing. It's, it's, it's not great. Okay. It's got some fun performances in it. Uh, I, I, but I, I was trying the trailer to, looked interesting. Yeah, it's, 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 again, it's beautifully shot because of the director and the guys working on it, but this is... Is a, it the same cinematographer? Because f- the cinematography in, in this one, Gorgeous, again, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. I'll use oh, the yeah. B word. Yeah. Yeah, really, really lovely. Far, far superior, the merger. Well, I mean, in fairness, the Backyard Ashes was made five years prior to this, or at least five years prior to this, so it's nice to see 
progression. Yes. Um, this is the third time that John Howard has starred in an AFL-themed uh, movie or film. Uh, he started his career in the uh, highly praised film The Club, or at least his breakout role in The Club was Felix, highly praised. Uh, David Williamson wrote that. Mm. And the only other bit of trivia that I've got from this is that uh, the director, Mark Grentel, used to be a school teacher and taught Francis Kamara, um, who is one of the refugees, when he was at school. Oh, that's oh. great. Yeah, uh, Francis Kamara um, played uh, Didier. Oh, beautiful. So, He's great. Yeah, so... Him yeah. and his goat. Oh. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I heard you guys like goats. <laughs> Oh, that wheelbarrow sculpture. I would love to be the prop master on this movie. <laughs> it's an Esky so Fountain. It is an Esky Fountain. So David Williamson, who wrote The Club, mm. his son Felix Williamson was the Englishman in Backyard Ashes. Oh, there oh. you go. There you go. Um, so any any other additional trivia bits? Any bits of hot goss from your sister Kate or anything like that? Uh, just that Aaron Gox is exactly... Like Porterhouse. Port <laughs> There's no well acting done. involved there. <laughs> I, got, um, I got a question to ask. So, how many degrees of Kevin Bacon are you? Uh, oh, well, not many now. Because, hmm. you know, you've got a, you've got a, you're related to an actor. You, uh, All right, let's go. Kate, her best friend. Well, I could go a few ways. Hmm. Her best friend, Damon, was just in. He played Charles Manson in Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood. Hollywood. Okay, so that's two. So, uh, I'm sure, sure Tarantino uh, must have worked with Bacon at some point. Or wasn't Brad Pitt in a film with Bacon? Uh, I can look it up. Yeah. Yeah, let's go Brad Pitt, and he was in. Yeah, we got if we've got a Hollywood connection, we can get a we can get a Kevin Bacon connection. Uh, you got to remember, it's great. Definitely get there. They were both in Sleepers. Yeah, there we go. So, so what's so, the what's the full rundown? So it's um. So let's go. So it's yourself, your sister, me, my sister, Damon Herriman, uh, Brad Pitt, uh, Kevin Bacon. Five, five. You got a Bacon. I think score I could get that down. Um, but we'll see. I got more excited because I went. I got to go to New York recently. Do you know the cool thing set. about that, Stephen? Is that we're now at a six. Yes, there well, you go. I, I'm just trying to work out if if I've got less um, <laughs> or not. <laughs> Because I am, uh, I was in a, a short film which is credited on IMDb. Oh. One, uh, it was a Doctor Who. Film. I was going to say it was I, the Patrick Trump. It one. was, but I played the second Doctor, and one of my companions, um, he is in the upcoming Dora the Explorer live action <gasps> film That's as very one fun. of her companions. So uh, I'm sure if I sat down, um, okay, well, okay, you know what? I can do that via Marvel because Dora's father in that film is michael uh, penner who is louise from ant yeah. oh yeah so if there's any connection between i guess um paul rudd and kevin bacon then maybe oh. maybe i'm not sure i wonder so, if i can get less then i know no one so i'm just trying to you know bask in i'm trying to get my connections off you guys i was on a podcast with one of them <laughs> <laughs> my claim to fame my kevin bacon number it, it, it goes uh, Kevin Bacon to Michael Douglas yeah. uh, in Flatliners, Michael Douglas to Michael Penner in Ant-Man, Ant Michael Penner to Nicholas Coombe, who is Randy in the upcoming Dora the Explorer movie, Nicholas Coombe to me, who is uh, from the Doctor Who short so you, film. There you go. You're both on fire. Both on fire. All right, I'm going to go... Um, uh, so Kevin Bacon to... Uh, Sean Penn. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, in Mystic River. Mm-hmm. And then Sean Penn, that's one. Then uh, Sean Penn to uh, Al Pacino in Carlito's Way. Right. And then, ah. and then uh, Al Pacino mm-hmm. to my sister mm-hmm. in The Hunt. With and Al then Pacino. me. Four. Excellent. Four. <laughs> Excellent. Nice. Nicely done. All right. Well, point is... uh, Point is, it's not me. Yeah. It's my sister. But but I'll live vicariously through that forever. No, no. no, You you are essentially... I mean, you 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 know, you both have the same parents. You're essentially the same Scrabble letters. So why haven't you invited invited Kevin Bacon over for a podcast? Mm. You know Ah. him that well. I do. In fairness, I know him that well as well. (laughs) I know no one. Um, All right. Well, with all that being said and done, we should score the film. So, Simon, (laughs) it was your first time, so you get to score it first. What are you giving the merger out of 10? Oh, I was hoping to delay this. I really like this film. Um, I want to give it 10, but I don't... I don't like giving movies 10. I always think there's movies that have... you know. People give 10 out of 10 movies, Spinal Tap being an exception, because that was just too much fun. Well, that was 11 out of 11. That was 11 out of 11. (laughs) No, that was totally justified. Uh, I'm one of those people that always think there's always always going to be something in a movie that, you know, should knock it down at least one star. But for me, this this was a a perfect film. Mm. Many, many expects. I can't think of anything I would really knock at, knock it legitimately. Do you think this film could have been made any better? I don't think it could. I, I think this. I do think it was a little bit slow at times, but that was just the pace, and the pace worked. Mm. And it's a bit sad at times, but that worked. Everything worked. Mm. No, screw it. I'm give it ten. No, I don't care. I'm giving it ten. I really, en- right. I really enjoyed the hell out of that film. And now I'm gonna have to try and hunt down a copy because apparently there's rare hen's teeth. Yeah, no, oh, they're out. There. Yeah. Um, it's on. I think it's on one of the, some of the streaming services as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I know a guy. <laughs> I legitimately really enjoyed this. Got film. a guy called uh, Zach. He uh, can hook you up in Rockingham. As someone who's so apprehensive, because I think uh, so uh, it does. Yes. But he works in JB Hi-Fi in Rockingham. It's not as dodgy as it sounds. <laughs> I must admit, I was a bit apprehensive because I thought, oh my god, you know, it's not. It's one thing to be going. It's a sports thing, and I'm mm. not a sports person. It's an Australian movie, and traditionally, I don't like Australian movies. And I'm sitting next to like the sister of the star, <laughs> and I feel like, no oh pressure. god, I don't want to be pressured into liking this movie, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, ten, excellent. I, I, I'm comfortable with ten because I don't feel justified giving it a nine. Mm. I, I think ten's fine. All right, Tegan, um, what are you giving the merger starring Kate Mulvaney? <laughs> yeah. I'm giving it uh, one goal and four behinds out of 10. For those listening at home, that equals 10. Uh, That's 10. Oh, I forgot the gimmick. Canola bowls out of 10. <laughs> um, for exactly that reason, I think, I don't know how you'd make this film any better. For a film to deal with such a polarizing topic, in a way that is so easy for anyone to still watch and enjoy it is no mean feat. Like it is, mm. uh, it's very powerful. And to use comedy, it's you know, being comedians, mm. we like that's the that's the biggest goal of comedy is to use it for good mm. um, and use it to kind of really isolate these topics and throw them back at people Mm. um and this is uh, to do that in a non-volatile way in a non-polarizing way is incredible Mm. it's so hard and they did such a beautiful job yeah i almost wish this movie 
got a bit more out there. It did okay um, as far as because it's very hard for Australian films yeah. to succeed because the Australian... That, that's been something that's been going on with Australian films yep. for decades. Australian media um, hate Australian film and don't support the don't support the industry. We need to support the industry. So this film, um, so if, for anyone out there, for Australian films, if they're being released, go see them in the first weekend because otherwise they get pulled. Um, this film had a pretty good release um, in main cin- mainstream cinema as well. So it was in Hoyts, an event, which was great. Um, so they, but what we're really saying is you need to go out and buy the merger on DVD and then buy one for all your relatives, yes. especially the racist ones. Yes, mm. that would be really helpful. Um, Preferably before the next federal election. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something we... So when Scott Morrison, was vote, when our latest prime minister was voted in, hmm. the first thing he did... Was um, burn caught... a copy of the merger on Parliament House? Going, this I, film's terrible. I wish it no, was he, that he made us. He made it into. A, uh, he got a disc of the merger and turned it into a little plaque saying, "We stopped the boats." Because mm-hmm. that was a thing that happened. Right. He did something even better. He um, he got everyone on Manus and Nauru to come to a movie night, mm. and so they put the big project- as in the detainees. As in the detainees, he yeah. got a big projector screen up. They brought them around. Uh, they made it to be a real, really positive experience, and then it was a film of him telling oh. them, "I'm the new prime minister, and you will never, ever get to our country." I thought you were going to say that it had those old movie piracy adverts, but it was like illegal immigration <laughs> is a crime. Ding, yeah. ding. It's just such a, and you know that those are the guys that did the music for this film yeah. are people that would have people that saw it. I'm almost tempted to dock this film half a point for casting the wrong Mulvaney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to but, revise all yeah. our spells now. But, you hear that, Callanan? <laughs> but I'll uh, I'll allow it. I'll allow it this one time uh, to pass. Um, I honestly thought this was just a really charming, lovely, uh, and thought-provoking film with a really important message. Something that um, is very upfront in a way that. I didn't expect from a film dealing with such contemporary issues. It's speaking about it the way that films that are usually made 10 to 20 years after an issue is mm. talking about it. Um, and I I do not have any reservations in giving it 10 uh, gentlemen downstairs out of 10. Uh, <laughs> can can I revise great. my score? Yeah. I'm giving it at 10 snow globes out of 10. Oh, there they were gorgeous. They were they great. They were gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. What's in these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so... First of all, uh, that's our first uh, all three 10 out of 10 film for quite some time. So uh, welcome, The Merger, uh, just the fourth film in the Cinema Catch-Up Club's history to get three 10 out of 10s. It joins uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, it joins Back to the Future, and it joins Shaun of the Dead as um, the film's... Well-deserved. And all of them fairly comedic, I'm noticing. Mm. People do like comedies. It's nice, nice to know, but also very different styles of comedy. It's funny. I had someone post online on Facebook going, oh, why does nobody make comedies nowadays? It's all political correctness. And I'm going, this is technically what they would probably think of as political correctness gone mad. Mm. But God damn, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And I would like to think, I, I, I personally agree with a lot of the central messages on this, um, speaking as um, an acceptable refugee to this country <laughs> in, the eyes, in the eyes of some. Um, I certainly feel as though um, the messages that this, this film is trying to present ring, ring true from my experience and what I believe. But I would also look at this film as being something which um, I think does a very good job of not 
excluding people who disagree with it. There's mm. no persecution in this film. Yeah. 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 Anyone. There's, there's no vilification. There's yeah. antagonists. Yeah. There's no bad guys. There's yeah. no villains. Yeah. Bull, Bull in another film, other people controlling this, would have been a definite bad guy. He um, would have been a bad guy right up until the end. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this, his his progression comes much earlier than you'd normally expect. Yeah. And, like, and also, his particular viewpoint is explained by the fact that <laughs> it's not really about the refugees for him. It's but about- he's also everyone's... Mum or dad or auntie or uncle or grandma or grandpa. No, I, I just, I don't mean like everyone. There's always someone in the family who Who's has like these same personal views, mm. but you love them yeah. and you don't want to tolerate that conversation, that behavior, but you do. And I thought it was really interesting that it was, he was having this antagonistic relationship with his daughter-in-law, not yes. his daughter. Mm. Um, like the fact that she was always going to be a part of the family and that wasn't in question, even though they were having these fallings out. And he was having that kind of like very overprotective ownership and went to confront Troy. Mm. And arguably it's because, you know, some would argue, oh, that's because he views women as property and he views Angie as his dead son's property. But it didn't read like no, that for me. It, it read like he genuinely loves Angie as much as he loves his grandson, Neil. Yeah. Um, mm. And yeah, it was just a, again, John Howard, fantastic actor, terrible prime minister. Uh, but it was, <laughs> but it was really lovely to, to see that. Um, and to see that presented. So, yeah, this this was just... This was a really fun film. Um, Simon and Tegan, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you for putting this film on as well, because I think it's an important mm. film to be given, you know, the grounds to have the mm. respect that it needs and deserves. Don't thank me. Thank the audience who voted for it in our August film poll. Uh, this was the sports film you selected. We're only sorry uh, that it falls in September. Although, traditionally, that's good for AFL. You know, September's yeah. an important month. <laughs> it's the month. finals. Oh, shit. Yeah. What's the score? As speaking to someone who's been nearly indoctrinated into this realm of the football, yeah. I think the Roosters are going to win the grand final. Oh, yeah. They, they've definitely got it over the, uh, um, the, Roosters the funnel web spiders. Sort of. <laughs> the convicts. <laughs> Which I think the carpet a- penguins were my yeah. favourite <laughs> of the team name. There's lots of other audience choice films. Why, in fact... Next week's episode is September's actual audience choice film, so uh, make sure you tune in for that. What is it? Uh, we're looking at remakes. At That's the time, right. at the time of recording, the vote has not concluded. Ooh, Ooh. what's winning? Uh, currently winning the vote with twenty-four hours to go is Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. But it's pretty close. Unfortunately, by the time that you've listened to this, uh, dear listener, we'll have probably recorded the episode, but there'll be other (laughs) polls coming up. Uh, October's poll is for Halloween films. Appropriate noises. Thank you. And uh, you can uh, contribute to that either as a voter by going to our Facebook page, search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and look for the poll there. Or you can actually contribute the film suggestions by becoming a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast you can join up for as little as a dollar a month and I'm pretty sure that's an Australian dollar a month if you're in America that's that's 63 cents yeah Yeah. per month so you know join up as little as that you can contribute to the polls whatever you want to do and it also helps me buy DVDs off guys in Rockingham so please do that (laughs) Uh, and of course uh, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you get a fresh episode each and every week but that's all for this week so until next time Porterhouse, well, well done. done. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit 
thoughtjarproductions.com.